Hey guys, this is the debrief from our episode with Ariana Simpson, all about crypto gaming. Dude, I love games. I love crypto. Perfect episode for me. I think it's really going to be a huge thing. I think it's already changing the lives of many. What were some of your thoughts um, coming out of this conversation, David? The, the thought I'm currently having is like, here's, here's a possible version of the future that like, you know, may, hopefully it doesn't happen, but like, imagine everyone loves games. Uh, as a kid, you're addicted to games. Uh, you, as an adult, I still like to play games. What happens when like, I can actually make money by playing video games? Like, do you think it's just going to suck the productivity away from like literally every other industry in the world just grinds to a halt because we figured out how to like make money from playing games? <laughs> No, I mean, that's a good question, right? But like at some level, um, what are we doing in crypto? Like, I feel like this is all a game. Like maybe mm -hmm. we're already playing the game, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the metagame of the games in that like, are we doing things that are productive, David? I mean, we're, right. what's the definition of productivity, I guess, right. is the mm -hmm. question. I mean, we spend all of our time talking to each other like this as we are talking about crypto um, you know, investing in these crypto economies, is, is this real work? I mean, some people's definition of real work is no, you have to like clock in, go to a factory, sit do in a something chair, you hate. a cubicle, do something you hate for eight hours a day, at least 40 hours a week, right? Plus overtime. Mm -hmm. And that's some people's definition of work, but I guess, and productivity, but I think the definition of productivity is, is totally changing. Back to our conversation with Raul Paul, like we have entered an area, uh, like uh, an era of, um, exponential growth curves and super abundance. And it's kind of an era of like, well, what does humanity want to spend its time doing? Because we've gotten a lot of the base, our base necessities taken care of. So now we go explore culture, we go conquer mm -hmm. digital worlds. I think this is just a natural uh, progression of what productivity means. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I think well, one thing we didn't um, talk to Ariana about, and it's, it's really hard to talk about it, but um, when we have these asset powered games, the games become more integrated, like more integrated, more fun. There's like now there's a financial and economic side of these games. But when it's an asset powered game with a crypto asset, importantly, on a public ledger like Ethereum, the assets can leave the game in a way that they've never been able to before, right? So like the sword that you find in World of Warcraft can leave World of Warcraft and enter into the world of Diablo or into any other part of like Ethereum, right? Maybe not even a gaming side of Ethereum. Maybe like it leaves the world of World of Warcraft and enters into a blown position in Aave. And so like, while there's going to be this one side of things, which is the actual game itself, the assets can leave and something yeah. else can happen on the outside of that, which like really expands the definition of what a game actually is. You can, you can pass your sword and your staff and your robes down to your children. You so choose. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like the idea of permanence. I mean, what, what happened to all of the items in the games that like you've played over the years and you spent God knows how many hours right. like finding and grinding to get those right. items, right? They're mm -hmm. gone. You yeah. never see them again. Yeah, there's no you, record of them ever. There's there's no permanence to it. This kind of goes back to the podcast that you and I just did around this idea of um, Ethereum bringing object permanence to to the metaverse, right? So if you could bring it to you from game to game, you can also pass it down to your kids. You can mm -hmm. also pawn it in a pawn shop. You can borrow against. You can lend against it. It's a totally new dynamic, and it it brings like a a sense of reality to the digital world that we haven't previously had. Like totally. digital scarcity 
is like reality. That's a, that's a mirror of what we see in the real mm -hmm. world. And we haven't had that as a base primitive for the metaverse before. And now we do. So super cool to see that. The other, I think, um, another takeaway for me was when Ariana was talking about, um, open economies, right? Like that, that's kind of a light bulb moment for me. It's like how, how, um, game studios, they still think in revenue, but mm -hmm. these new crypto gaming companies are completely fearless right? Go, go take your asset out, go bring it somewhere else. You know, um, we're not really looking for revenue. We're looking for GDP employment opportunities. We're looking for activity, That's activity. And we trust our users. If we build something valuable, they'll, they'll come back to our economy. Um, it's a really cool model that I think, um, like these crypto gaming companies are, 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 are shaping, but is going to be a very expansive model. And I think an important model for gaming in the future. Yeah, the development from revenue prioritization to GDP prioritization it feels like a very like 2D to 3D moment. And like, that's kind of what you see in crypto all along. All, all things in crypto are like 2D to 3D moments where things just get, there's just an, an extra dimension, right? And like, now the companies are going to be successful, not how much money are they able to like rake in and collect from their users, but instead it flips it on its head. It's like, how rich can we make our players? And like, that is a fundamental paradigm shift that I, hopefully it's one of those things that like, we're all optimistic that crypto brings a lot of good for the world. Hopefully that model is as optimistic as we hope it is um, because like aligned incentives is like one of the core powers of Ethereum of crypto. Uh, and if we can figure out like how to convince gaming companies not to like, you know, micro transact us to death, but instead like prioritize the players and, and their own levels of wealth that uh, is a paradigm shift. Another theme of this episode, I, th I think that's um, more fully unlocked for me is just like how, um, okay, so people in unbanked countries in emerging markets are not coming to crypto by way of DeFi on mass, right? I mean, they're just, they're just not. The, they would have done it by many now. There's barriers to entry. They would have done it by now. And um, like the, if you look at kind of the users of DeFi, there, there's many in like Asia and emerging markets and that sort of thing, but like, um, you have to kind of know about finance. You have to know about how capital flows, right? Like it's, it's just not happening yet for emerging markets, um, except in this pocket, in this mm -hmm. pocket, right. Um, crypto gaming is really making a difference in, um, you know, people, people's lives, she was talking about people laid off in, in the Philippines as a result of COVID and how they were able to find this, pick this up and actually earn a living wage and then, then create businesses on top of this. This is what YGG is doing, creating entire, like it's a whole entrepreneurial idea on what could be built on top of, of crypto gaming. So, and then once you start there with crypto gaming, then you sort of start using crypto as your bank account and uh, voyaging into like the lands of DeFi. So I think this is probably right now, at least I had before this conversation, probably underrated crypto gaming as an onboarding mechanism mm, for mm -hmm. emerging markets. And now I'm, I'm rating that a lot higher, right? It's like, yeah, totally. um, she's, she's a, for a lot of people, uh, you know, an address in Axie Infinity on a side chain, right? It's their first banking experience, mm -hmm. you know, and it's all crypto, it's all DeFi. Uh, mm -hmm. that's super powerful. So it's powerful in emerging markets, but it's also going to be powerful with kids, like the kids that are growing up, right. you know, teenagers now, mm -hmm. what's, 
what's their first bank account going to be? Right. I bet it's going to be in some sort of a crypto game. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, we, uh, the power of like gaming to touch so many more lives than just like brute forcing DeFi adoptions is a force to be reckoned with. Um, oh, snap. What was I going to say? Um, how worried about, are you about some of the comments uh, that, that you made, like about sort of bots the, the farming, and about this yeah. turning into a, a grind and about like, basically the picture I had when you were saying that is basically like, um, you know, capital concentrates and you have right. a bunch of capitalists and then you have laborers who are just like slaving in front of their screen, right. barely making enough money to survive, but just grinding out in these games. It's like kind mm -hmm. of a, you know, a dystopic future. Uh, how worried are you about that? Yeah. Uh, also, I, to, to back up a little bit, um, uh, in Ready Player One, there's that like illustration in the very start of the of the movie. It's going through all like it's going through the the different parts of like the city, which is like the city is basically like a, a trailer park. Um, but like it's, it's showing all the people in their homes playing in VR, right? And everyone is at home, uh, and so like if the metaverse is, is something, it forces us to all be at home, like in front of our screens, participating in this virtual world. Uh, and like the fact that like we are talking about these games that can like employ us and employ us from the comfort of our own homes. And that's some one of the big takeaways that COVID, the relationship between COVID and Axie Infinity was that like you could not have to go outside and you could still make your income by playing in the metaverse. I think these are the early premonitions of that. And I think like, we, we talk about how DeFi is like speed running the history of finance. I think once we're in the metaverse, we're also going to speed run the history of like social organizations, right? Like it's going to start off as like hunter gatherers. We're going to have gaming unions and such. Gaming unions. Point. Yeah. Feudal societies, then like civilizations <laughs> and like, you know, actual guilds. Guilds were an actual thing in like the Renaissance at one point in time. Um, I do worry that there's a massive corrupting force that comes out because with every new technology, there's always a corrupting force. Um, how corrupting that force is and what that corrupting force is what I'm talking about with that like whole like, you know, capital begets capital, uh, farming begets farming. Like, oh, there's this fun game that people are making a ton of money. Let's milk it for all it's worth. And it's now it's not fun anymore. And like the players have gone from making like a decent income to just like scraping by. Like, I think that is a possible future that we have to figure out how how to route around and make sure that like the worst of that is mitigated but like we're i think we're going to speed run the history of civilization and and so and social organizations inside the metaverse and that's going to come with you know better and worse aspects of that that's a really interesting take but it sounds like what you're saying is basically humans are going to bring all of their problems with them into the metaverse mm -hmm. right and all of, and all of our solutions yeah our solutions too and, and hopefully some of those solutions like um you know, back to this theme, even in our metaverse episode, I think we reflected on this is the purpose of decentralization. It's really, it's anti-corruption technology. Mm -hmm. That's what it is at its core. If you think about something like uh, even the constitution, how there is like separate powers, separation uh, of powers in the government, we had the legislative executive branch and judicial system, right? Um, that was a decentralizing technology, social technology for what? To prevent tyranny, to prevent corruption, to, to prevent uh, power consolidation. And so we need really smart mechanisms right. at the base layers of these things so that, so that we don't design a uh, dystopian future where you've got like one major corporation, everybody logging in to the metaverse mm -hmm. from their trailer parks and like being wage slaves all day. Right. Um, so 
there's this also is why a, we're... a conversation to have about like we, we saw twitter like ban donald trump like what happens when there's significant economies coming out of yeah. centralized companies and then they're like yeah. oh like your ip address is coming from somewhere you're gone like employment revoked like that that's also a concern that we need to address it's a huge concern. Imagine being like being able to be like deleted from the universe, right? It's right. not just I mean, like you still have your assets, but you can no longer access the the part of the economy that makes you money. Right. Uh, and as humanity moves into the the digital, then like the CISA admins, those with kind of mm-hmm. you know root level access, have the ability to do some pretty mm-hmm. nasty things to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, that's why that's about. why people are so stoked on loot, right? Because loot is as decentralized as Ethereum itself, right? So there's like two ways for the metaverse emerges. Like there's the permissioned metaverse where like you take your assets into Fortnite and then you can take them back out, but you can only take them into Fortnite if Fortnite lets you in there, right? Uh, and then there's the more decentralized side of the metaverse, which is like, you know, a little bit more nebulous, a little bit more undefined, but like it's also whatever this whole loot thing is. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, we've talked about like the Zuckerverse before right. versus Zuckverse. like the, the the metaverse right i will never uh, set foot is... into the zuckverse <laughs> not if you can help it i i do think that there is this there's definitely like this um there's going to be this split between like free and open things and like closed and controlled things as we move into uh the digital world it's even true for money right i think at the end of the day we're going to have two forms of money one is going to be controlled closed money issued by say central banks, governments, you know, institutions, uh, and that'll all become digitized. And then we'll have open free money where it's algorithmically controlled. No one kind of controls the strings and like, these will be the two dimensions. Um, yeah. Okay. So one other thing I thought was interesting is when we were like, so Ariana has been in the space since 2013 and when she got in the space, it was just a Bitcoin industry that was not really a crypto industry. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting to me, we didn't get a chance to ask her this, but it's interesting to me that she's ended up in uh, a whole like sub-segment of crypto, which is investing purely in crypto gaming. But the theme has been present all along, which is like self-sovereignty, right? Mm-hmm. So like Bitcoin, self-sovereign mm-hmm. money. Now, now we're on like self-sovereign gaming assets that you have like play to earn there's like that's the the theme but if you just in 2013 just stuck with like bitcoin and bitcoin maximalism um you would have done pretty well but you would have missed so So much much. and so not not just in terms of financial assets but just a lot of fun too a lot of fun and a lot of like so um she she said she made this statement um the initial logic of bitcoin has been proven wrong Right. And I think what she's saying is like Bitcoin maximalism right. has been proven wrong, right. which basically states that there can only be one money in this new self sovereign digital economy, and that is Bitcoin. Why? Because it has fixed supply, 21 right. million, and all of these other sort of kind of religious reasons, I mm-hmm. think, that don't stand up to like real world pragmatic scrutiny and have not stood up over time. Bitcoin dominance is is definitely down. Right. Um, what, what was your take on that whole, you know, conversation thread? Well, yeah, especially as an investor, like A16Z and investing in general wants things to invest in 
And, you know, Bitcoin maximalism, we talk about it as like Bitcoin maximalists in the social layer. But like, I think there's a very strong case to be made that the Bitcoin blockchain itself is itself a Bitcoin maximalist blockchain, right? The Bitcoin blockchain is meant to serve BTC, the asset, which is in stark contrast of Ethereum, where Ether, the currency, is meant to power Ethereum, the economy. And having an Ethereum economy for investment firms is gives surface area to investment. So like Ariana could never have invested in crypto gaming on Bitcoin because Bitcoin, the blockchain, is a Bitcoin-centric universe and inherently can't do the things that like would have is what needed to have happened in order to make something like Axie Infinity uh, have a success. Uh, and so like naturally people like her and the rest of the world, in my opinion, gravitate towards the things that have investable surface areas. Cause like we're talking about these gaming, these the gate revolution in gaming going from like revenue focused to GDP focused. You need alternative currencies on an expressive blockchain to have uh, have in GDPs like many many GDPs each of, like tied to their own game that can't happen on on Bitcoin uh, and so like it's a natural consequence of like humans always trying to search to build more and more and more like you need something with significant surface area to build those things on. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of an interesting I think question to to see how this all evolves. I mean, we started the conversation with like hey, the major catalyst for crypto gaming is actually cheap block space, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's undeniably true. Yeah, but that sure. cheap block space will never exist on Ethereum mainnet. Like never, not there, right? right. And even if you look at like a rollup, a rollup is still expensive, like mm -hmm. relatively expensive. Yeah. Maybe you cut cost by like 90 to 95%, but something like an optimistic rollup you're right. still going to be paying some some fees on there. Now, pennies, he, pennies and less, yeah. Right? Crypto gaming kind of requires pennies or less. Now, with uh, ZK rollups, maybe you achieve that. But in the meanwhile, like the Ronin chain from Axie is, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a pure, it's a side chain, you know? Right. Um, it's like a proof of stake side chain. And same with sort of flow. I mean, they call themselves a layer one, but I think of flow as more a side chain as well. I think there's a question for me in terms of um, how much of this activity will have to start in right. these sort of side chains and how mm -hmm. connected will that be to right. Ethereum in the future mm -hmm. as this evolves? Well, there's platforms, you have any like, there? there's platforms like Immutable X, right? Which is a ZK roll-up, uh, which is, you know, so both instant finality with like, you know, pennies fees. NFT only. And so I think ERC 20 tokens won't work there, like in game currencies. I think that's true. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, I, I think the technology for that is, is more or less here. It's going to be here by the end of the year for sure. It's kind of a question though. Like, do people care about, I, they care for lower value items. They care much more about cheap transaction fees than they do about right. decentralization and security. Right. right. And so I think that that's an important takeaway from right what we've seen in crypto gaming so far. And uh, I guess we'll see how that emerges. Um, all right, man, anything else? I think we're good. I'm, look, I wanna, I wanna understand what the next crypto game is. I mean, right. if you had purchased Axie Infinity AXS tokens in just like November of last right. year and doing pretty uh, well. rode that horse, right? I, like it was like $10 million market cap mm -hmm. at this time last year and 18 billion. Like that's insane. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity here. 
for you guys in Bankless who are, are savvy and listening to some of the themes we discussed to go find the next crypto gaming opportunity. And let me and Ryan know. <laughs> we'll try to let you know, but if we don't, let us know first. Uh, guys, thanks for hanging with us. This has been the debrief.